Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Hey guys, welcome back to Fruit Snacks Podcast. On today's podcast, Shane could not make it into town and I couldn't have time, or I couldn't. I didn't have time to go out to New York. So it is a solo episode today, so you know it's going to be on and popping, okay? Because we don't need that trash. So I, my guest is over here giggling because he thinks he's... <laughs> I said, shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. So, um, before we get into it today, I just wanted you guys to know that you can always follow us on Instagram. I'm going to say this now because I'm going to forget. Shane's usually one to help me remind us, remember this, but at Fruit Snacks Pod, you can also email us at fruitsnackspod at gmail.com. But then let's get right into the show. So, for my first guest today, Mr. Elder Brian Clark. <laughs> Hello. My name is Bri- also Brian. The better Brian, but that's all I have to say. Okay, but let's do like an official um, intro. So I'm going to say, hi, I'm Brian. Then you're going to say, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Brian. Brian. Okay. And then we're going to say, you're listening to, and then you say, like really nasally, and then we'll end with the tongue pop. Okay. Okay, ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. And you're listening to... Fruit Snakes! Um, so for this fruit roll-up, I wanted the listeners to know how we knew each other. Mm-hmm. So um, let's start out with how did we first meet? Honestly, I think my first memory of Brian, this is random, Baja Fresh in Las Vegas, sitting at the dinner with Kyle. I know we knew each other for so long before that, but that's like the first, like I feel like, real memory I have where we sure. actually spoke. What was your first impression? Um... Ooh, I don't even know. Uh, Brian's hilarious, as you all already know. So I think probably just that you were funny. Were you intimidated? Because people always say I'm intimidating when they first meet me. Um, pr- probably. You think so? I don't know. I feel like that was so long. I feel like so much has happened between then and now. True. That it's hard for me to... We've been friends for what, five years? <laughs> um, 17, yeah. <laughs> Five, yeah, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventeen. Mm-hmm. Which means we met you at three years old. <laughs> um, no, wait. How long have we actually been friends? Like four years? Like real friends, though? I mean, like since yeah. we've known each other. Okay, yeah, four, four years. Four years. Okay. Four years. Here's the backstory. It didn't start at Baja Fresh, but I like I have the worst memory also. So yeah, but this is how we actually know each other. So Brian is also Ooh. a cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> or um. Well, he doesn't cheer anymore, but we both used to be cheerleaders, mm-hmm. and he used to cheer at a team called Cheer Force, and he got brought in as a tumbling coach, mm-hmm. as a tumbling expert at the gym to help the kids learn basics as well as advanced skills, and through that, um, we kind of like started hanging out through the gym that we coach at. Mm-hmm. You guys have met the owner of the gym, Kyle, in a previous episode, and through we were just... We hit it off really well, and this year, Brian was like, please coach, because usually I just pop in during the summer and do like a quick little... <laughs> I finessed um, Brian into coaching. Yeah, you did. I do like a quick little appearance, and I like teach the kids the summer the summer stuff, excuse me, the summer stuff, but then I'm out by the start of the season, mm-hmm. and then Brian's like, please coach. He's <laughs> please. like, I'll coach with you, and I was like, that sounds tempting, and then, yeah, now we coach Wildfire, one of the teams in the gym, and we <laughs> and are having so <laughs> a blast. I li- like, honestly, like, being with the kids and hanging out with you is like, I look forward to it. Yeah, usually I don't look forward, like, I feel like before I had never looked forward 
to coaching as bad as that sounds uh-huh. and now it's hard it's fun yeah. yeah coaching is fun but at the beginning it is really hard because yeah you're like flipping kids that like don't know what they're doing and you're just like literally throwing like dead weight over and yeah. over again but these yeah. kids that we coach are extremely hard working and it's crazy because i feel like they look up to us but i i look up to them as well because i feel like they've gone through more at a younger age than For i sure. have and they seem just as strong so that's like a really cool thing to be there and support yeah. their journey and growing up as early adults and seeing them transition into college and stuff like that so it's like yeah. a really good good little stepping stone it is and i feel like they really look up to you I, i'm like almost their age and so it's true it's, it's well, different well, our relationship tell, tell the tell, tell the listeners how old you are so i'm 22 because i feel like people are gonna be like his voice is so young yeah. I, okay i told ryan that i have a story that i have to wait to tell him what tell me tell him so, the podcast I was going to say, everyone always thinks I'm a girl when it's like on the phone or like if I'm ordering food, right? Mm -hmm. So the other day I was calling to get my car service Mm -hmm. and it's, oh, it's so good. And so I was calling and she's like, okay, what's the number attached to like the vehicle that you need to get service? So I give her my number and she's like, okay, Brian. And I'm like, yes, this is Brian. And so we're talking and then she must see on there that there's an Irma as well. So in her head, I think she's like, okay, this has to be Irma. It has to be a girl. So she starts calling me Irma and I, I just go with it because I'm like, I just want to get my car after service. The, like if you don't correct it the first time, you literally can't, you can't go back like right. after the third Irma and be like, oh, it's actually Brian. Right. So story of my life is everyone thinks I'm a girl. Like surprise in the drive-thru. Honestly, I know that journey because when I was young, my voice was extremely yeah. high. Extremely this is high. the lowest my voice will ever get. Same. Yeah. I mean, we're both adults, so I don't yeah. think it's going to drop <laughs> any more than that. But um, legit, like everyone would be like, hi, Miss Weaver. I'm like, I'm, uh, you know what? Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> hi. Yeah, Miss Weaver's good. <laughs> hi, yes, Miss Weaver speaking. <laughs> so um, the reason I brought you on to the podcast is because we're going to talk about religion. But mm-hmm. before we get into it, um tell the listeners where you grew up and kind of like your personal backstory as far as like your family history and stuff like that sure so i was born and raised in california um which part of california in los angeles pasadena more specifically oh she got Um, money (laughs) wow okay upper class north of the 210 (laughs) i'm just kidding um and my family my mom's from mexico and so um my mom grew up with um like in pretty bad poverty and then they came here and um, my grandma had five girls and they kind of like started a life for themselves and so for me I think that I I look super white but I think that I most closely associate with like a Latino background and just Mm -hmm. because I feel I feel attached to that and um, my grandma when she came to the United States the only people she knew were members of the church of Jesus Christ the Latter-day Saints Mm -hmm. And the missionaries used to drive her to church or to work every day to mm. help her out. So eventually she was baptized and my mom and her sisters were baptized. And then I'm kind of like, I don't know, like first generation. Okay. Like born into the We'll church. get into that okay, in just okay. a sec. No, but that's great. Um, so now, because Brian went on a mission as well. So we're mm. going to get into that too. So hang tight. <laughs> um, so other than coaching, what do you do outside of coaching? Yeah. So um, I am... Brian is responsible for helping me with every aspect of my life um <laughs> it's like the story of my life i'm like yeah. the friend that Everyone's like people helper. calls to like fix their lives um so i'm going through the community college journey right now trying to transfer to a university 
Um, I haven't really decided what I wanted to study, and so Brian's helping me with that. I uh, work at Equinox. Um, I love being around kids. Like, I truly, truly love it. And, yeah. What Brian doesn't understand, well, I say what Brian, like we're like listeners are here, like we're in a real <laughs> audience, but I always tell you this, like what you don't understand is like where you're at right now is exactly where you're supposed to be at yeah, when it comes totally. to where you're at. You know, because I feel like because you're 22 and you think you're like behind the curve, right. it's like, nah, when I was 22, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. I was yeah. like, uh, 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 but it's like you just throw yourself into things until something sticks and then yeah. you move on through that. So that's the journey that I was helping Brian through. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, exactly what I feel like I'm going just through. Trying just trying to make trying something things. stick. Yeah. yeah. Without the judgment or the self-shame or the guilt that ties right. with like, I don't know what I'm doing because yeah. bitch, I'm 30 and I'm buying shampoo and I'm bald. Okay. That's why I'm at in life, bitch. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Okay. I, I had, nothing I else. had Popeyes for dinner and... Chick-fil-A for lunch. I'm gay. Okay. Chick-fil-A. Don't like gay people. Ooh. Do I need fried chicken throughout the whole day? No, but did I get fried chicken throughout the whole day? Yes. Have you had Popeyes? (laughs) My roommate had the chicken sandwich. She wasn't a fan. Did she get the spicy one? Yeah, she got both. Okay, but I know. Wow, she's wrong. You're a judger. (laughs) I'm all mad. (laughs) For the people who didn't know, when I said she got both, Brian made a face like, ooh, bitch. No wonder she didn't like it. (laughs) Tattoo. But yeah, she got both. She said she didn't like it. Hmm. Well, but I've never I've never had it to say I didn't like it. That's a lie. You ate a bite of mine one time. Yeah, but it's like I didn't have the sandwich. It was you wanted the experience. Yeah, I want like the full full thing. Bathe in the chicken sandwich. I did actually. Yeah. What high school did you go to? Crescenta Valley. I guess that's a lie. I grew up in La Crescenta, Glendale area. Okay. Mm Hmm. Yeah, I graduated in 2015, and then... 2015. I know. That means I could have gone through college twice. <laughs> I graduated college in 2011. <clears throat> wow, he's old. <laughs> I completed my master's degree in 2015, yeah. <laughs> okay, he has a master's. <laughs> we get it. Okay, master's degree, master of what? Popeye's <laughs> chicken sandwich. Helping your bitch ass. For <laughs> <laughs> actually. Um, so what is your goal now, like... Um, in life, yeah, in like, like at the end of college, what are you trying to do? Um, this is my dilemma. Ever since I was younger, I wanted to be a neonatal doctor. Uh huh. Um, but more recently, I think that I'm discovering that I'd like to study education and do something with that. I feel Brian and I had this conversation many times, but I feel like a better avenue for myself to feel appreciated because, as silly as that sounds, that's important to me. Yeah. I feel like doing that would allow me to feel that way and allow me to feel like I'm making a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's important for me. What really, made you What made you feel like the doctor route was the route that originally felt right? Um, in my head, I had this idea that being a doctor, I would get to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I think being a doctor is you do get to help a lot of people, but there's not that like more of an intimate connection. And since I've been home for my mission, I worked. I got to work in a school setting with a boy who had autism, mm-hmm. and that really opened my eyes because I like loved that. And so, yeah, that kind of changed what I was thinking. Mm. And that's why I think it's a good idea to just throw yourself into scenarios where it's sure. like, what does this feel like to me? And if right. your gut is telling me like this is where you should be, find opportunities for you to expand in that rather than like letting the ego win and like have this 
idea of what success should look like. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, I think I've said this earlier, but, like, my therapist and I had this discussion about what success looked like, and I really had to be real with myself. And I, being 30, you think you should be in a certain place in life, mm-hmm. personally. And I was realizing, like, that doesn't work for me. Right. <laughs> but that's okay. But then you, like, yeah. have this societal idea of, like, what success should be. And I feel like that's why a lot of people get down on themselves or, like, feel like they're stuck because of that exact thing where it's, like, what makes me happy compared to what I think I should be doing based on the standards of what I think my family would want me to do. Yeah. I. It's funny that you say that because I have a really close relationship with my mom, and this is not to to bag on her at all. But the other day, I always tell her, like, okay, this is what I'm thinking now. You know, this is what I want to do. So I told her I was thinking of studying education and... Um, like being a teacher for a little while and then trying to, you know, grow within that. But she was, I was like, how do you feel about that? And she's like, hmm, my son is a doctor. My son is a teacher. She's like, hmm, I don't know. And she's like, ah, do whatever you want. I don't yeah. care. I feel <laughs> like the is, difference is like the respectability is the same. Right. But the heartache of teaching is different because you're not financially getting paid out. But I think mm-hmm. you probably feel very emotionally. Oh, yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, totally. granted, it takes a certain person to be a teacher because you're not, again, getting paid. So mm-hmm. it feels like there's no compensation. But mm-hmm. when you're driven on helping people without like the idea of like the money is what is the, right. to show for it, it really is rewarding. Yeah. But again, that like you would have to make that decision for yourself because maybe you might not value that as much as like your mom or vice versa. Right. Know? I I just came back from Mexico also and... I, I got a message right before I left that, like, it was someone that I really look up to telling me, it was so random, like, when you go to Mexico, like, take the time to, like, discover what you want to do or, like, your passion. Uh-huh. And in Mexico, like, my entire family that I met for the first time, so many of them are teachers, and that's such a highly respected profession in Mexico. Honestly, like everywhere when you're a teacher, other than America. Yeah, like, when you're a teacher, it's like, wow, you yeah. know? And so... I like came back and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so, it, it was just super interesting. What I don't, what I realized as teaching, which is why I went to education, is that when you're a teacher, you are literally affecting people's lives from a basic level, like right. a base level. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I remember being in school thinking, I see this person every single day more than my own parents. And this is what I'm creating, my my own worldview, how I operate through life, how I like read, write, like literally yeah. do all basic functions that keep you as like a successful quote unquote adult or a functioning adult. Mm-hmm. But but you the teachers, teachers don't get credit for that because like right. literally they're creating humans to like be totally beneficial to society. Yeah. And like it's not it's not a respected job which is so weird like i've always respected teachers and you know what i mean but like because everyone has come in contact with the teacher it just seems like it's just like water yeah like you have it but it's like i i wish that people took on more worldviews like that here in america where they respected it more because i think teachers from my own short experience like we and they take on a lot of shit and like you're like a parent, you're a psychologist for these kids, you know, you're a mentor, you're you're a guidance counselor, mm-hmm. you're a legit teacher for whatever subject or like multiple subjects you teach. It's like a lot of work to be juggling. And that's mm-hmm. why I feel like teachers get burnt out now because they're expected to do it all. Totally. And it's so funny that I'm around you and Sarah so often because Sarah's a teacher. Uh-huh. Sarah, you mind you, teaching. side note, being the other person who owns the gym oh, that yeah. we coach at. But go yeah. ahead. The gym is like a family. It is. Um, and so it's just funny. Being around Sarah, like, I've just been so interested when she talks about little experiences like that or things like that. That's why I was late the other day. Sarah and I, I was asking her a bunch of questions about that. But 
Late where? Um, just like to come back when the kids were getting water. You're late like, everywhere. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Not today. I was on time. You were impressed, huh? When? Um, like, cause I was supposed to get here at eight thirty, but I got here at eight. Yeah, because the traffic died down. <laughs> but I was impressed, actually. So Thank good you. for you. On Thanks. that note, let's end on a positive note. I was impressed with you. Let's let's move on. Thank you very much. <laughs> So the reason I wanted Brian to come on board mm-hmm. is because I wanted to talk about religion. Um, again, we had a religious episode. I think it was like episode seven called Oh God. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Shane thought it was a really good idea to talk about religion, but it's hard for us to talk about it in like a, a opening way because it's like easy to talk about our own experience, but not to talk <laughs> about it since we're so like-minded that it just felt like, oh, I agree, I agree, I agree, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to bounce back and forth some ideas. But before we got into it, I wanted to say that I want you to be open and honest. Absolutely. Because this is a safe space and a safe relationship between the two of us. Right. Don't feel like you need to censor yourself because I won't be offended because right. I know that there's still love there. Absolutely. And then also as a listener, I want you to know that Brian is Mormon, but he's not speaking on behalf of the entire Mormon religion, (laughs) okay? Because I feel like people always do that. They're like, well, that's a Christian. But it's like there's different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Your views either are strict or loosened. The danger of a single story. Exactly. It's like... It's kind of like when you're a minority and you represent the whole, like, oh, man, you see one black person do something, you're like, oh, black people are like this. It's like, bitch, all black people are diverse, all gay people are diverse, mm-hmm. Asians, whatever, you know? So because this is a, a subsect of religion, I want totally people to understand that you're not the voice of the religion, but just mm-hmm. more insight. And also, uh-huh. I feel like it's so interesting because this has been an idea for a while. Yeah. And it's been, like, pushed back. And I feel like it's interesting that it's happening now. Because Why? I feel like as being young like 22 i feel like now more than ever in my life i'm surrounded by like other young people Mm -hmm. who have been like looking out into religion and before i feel like that wasn't really you know a big thing for people my age but as silly as this sounds like kanye west's album coming out Mm -hmm. i've had so many conversations Mm -hmm. about that in the past three weeks and just other things like that a friend at church she says she calls it church shopping Mm -hmm. she goes to different church every week you know what's funny let's start there with religion sure i feel like generationally i feel like religion is um not generationally on this part but two side notes Mm -hmm. i feel like religion is always or um a personal yearning to look for a religion is during some turmoil right Mm -hmm. that's usually when people go towards religion and i feel like american society right now is in a turmoil a hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot 100%. of people are lost. I think there's a lot of juxtaposition. There's always, like, my side, your side. And I right. really feel like, yes, there's that big binary there. But I think a lot of people fall in the middle. And so I then agree. they feel there's, I like, agree. that idea of being lost. So I feel like a lot of this generation is finding ways to, like, find their quote-unquote religion. Mm-hmm. Whether it be actual religious practices, like church. Yeah. Or, like, yoga. Yoga. Or yeah, CrossFit. Totally. Or working out. crystals. Mm-hmm. Or tarot card Just readers. Or psychics. So or, like, like that. Um, what's it called horoscopes do you know mm-hmm. what I mean because I feel like that's very <laughs> on trend yeah. um, because all my friends are like in some sort of like religious quote unquote spiritual finding right totally. which I think I'm I mean this will come up again but I think right. as humans that's basically what I we was need. gonna say that yeah. yeah I think we naturally yearn to be part of something for sure was your friend shopping around for like Mormon churches or just um, a religion in no general? She, I think she grew up Protestant and which is um, relatively strict and yeah. so 
she was going to all these different churches and kind of discovered like the whole idea of um, like some examples like Hillsong is a big church here in Los Angeles where it's like you go and it's just music. Mm. And so things like that with young people. Mm-hmm. A big one in LA is Mosaic. Mosaic. Yeah. I've been there a couple times. Justin Bieber goes on Wednesdays yeah. or something like that. Yeah. When I went to Mosaic, it was like a concert. Yeah. Yeah. And because I come from a place of like a communication-based mindset, especially mm-hmm. for my undergrad, undergrad, where I see how a message is pushed... I completely saw through all the pomp and circumstance. I think the message obviously was really appropriate, sure. but I see why so many people go there because it is totally geared towards that like LA, right. I'm cool kind of like vibe. And it has like the label of a church. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's like almost like a concert like massed into oh, church. Oh, totally. Yeah. Do they charge you to get in? No. Just it's, okay. Would they charge you at a church? I, I mean, I hope not, but I was just curious. <laughs> There's a cover charge. <laughs> in an open bar. <laughs> drink for jesus (laughs) jesus juice okay so let's go back into the beginning um just i because because i don't think we've ever talked about it but i wanted to know you mentioned it a little bit earlier when i was Mm -hmm. asking about your past but um let's start with mormon as a religion okay it's not mormon anymore is it um that is a word that yeah that we've been not pushed away from using but it's Never really been the name of the church. It's a nickname given to members of the church. Mm. Originally with a negative connotation. But I was going to say, it's changed. like a loaded word. Yeah. Right. And so um, the church is called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Is there a shortened version of that? Um, you could say LDS Church. Okay. Yeah. Or, yeah, the Church of Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. So for people who don't know about your religious beliefs, sure. can you give some like I guess I was going to say surface, but you can go as deep as you want. Differences between, say, sure. um, let's say c- c- Catholicism or right. Christianity and Church of Latter-day Saints mm-hmm. beliefs. Like, what's the difference? Totally. And so I think um, one of the biggest things that sets us apart is, um, for example, there are a lot of churches like uh, Protestants, Lutherans, that are identify themselves as, like, branches or they originally shot off from the catholic church but the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints our doctrine we believe that the church um after jesus christ's death and after eventually the death of the apostles that the church was lost how jesus christ wanted the church to be governed on Mm -hmm. the earth and so we believe that the church was restored to the earth in the early 1800s by a prophet and so for us that's like one of the biggest differences is we believe that there's a prophet on the earth today um, we believe in more book of scripture besides the Bible. And so there's like a separate book, right? Okay. Which is what everyone knows. That's the book of Mormon where okay. that name comes from. Yeah. The I've, play. I've seen the musical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, we actually <laughs> don't need to do this you. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have seen the musical. Ted always says that to me, <laughs> which is someone else from the gym. But I think the, that is probably some of the biggest differences. Um, and that. It's pretty loaded if you understand what that means that we are saying that we don't come from any other church or right. shoot off of any other church, right. that we are the church, essentially. And John Smith was the founder. Joseph Smith. Joseph mm-hmm. Smith. The whitest name ever. I know. The whitest name <laughs> Like, ever. it sounds almost, like, comical because it's so, right. like, no offense, I don't want to offend no, you, but no, it no. feels very, like, SNL skit where oh, they're, like, totally. trying to, like, whitewash <laughs> yeah. the religion. They're like, what's the whitest name yeah. we can think of? Joseph um, Smith. So... I'm just asking because it's going to sure. sound like I'm trying to make fun of it, but no, I'm no, not. No. But I'm just really trying to understand. Joseph Smith is American. 
Um, yes. Yeah. And so what made him feel like he was the one to find this religion? Yeah, that's a good question. And so, like, I, I served a mission for two years in um, Montreal, Quebec. And so these are, like, conversations. I was so excited. I'm so excited to ha- have this conversation with Brian. It's so cool. <laughs> but um, these are, like, conversations we would have every day. And so Joseph Smith, um, he was studying the Bible, and his parents were of two different religions. And so he was going church shopping, I guess. What was his two different religions? Um, I think his mother was Protestant and his father was um, something else. And this was during the time, this was in the 1800s, the beginning of the 1800s, during a time of like extreme religious like reform and churches were popping up everywhere and it was exciting. And so people were looking for the truth. Um, and Joseph Smith, he recognized this kind of consistent theme that everyone was saying, like, this is the true church. The All the other churches mm-hmm. are false, right? And so he really f- found an interest in that and wanted to understand why they were saying that. And so he, this is kind of like what he wrote about it, that he was reading um, in the Bible. And there's a verse that says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. And so he read that and he thought, Okay, well, if anyone lacks wisdom, it's me. Um, and if God will give man wisdom, and if God really does speak to us, then why don't I just ask? And so he prayed, and we believe that um, he had a vision where he saw God the Father and Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And essentially they told him that, all of the churches weren't the true church and his church was lost many years ago Mm -hmm. that these people were trying to do good but the correct doctrine wasn't there and so he was given the task to to start i see restore what uh i don't even know where to start with yeah it's a lot it is a lot because it almost sounds and again i'm not no no no. i'm being wise with my words because i don't want to like um offend anyone who's listening Mm -hmm. or like make it like sound like i'm making it sound like you're a quack job but mm-hmm. i feel like every every religion is so convicted in the way that they think that their religion is, is the, the one, one. Totally. right so my question to you i guess is what drew you to the mormon religion was it sure. something that you were taught from a young age or mm-hmm. did you gravitate towards it because that's what your heart was telling you is the right answer right so i guess to give a little personal backstory um, I was baptized when I was eight, which is the age that you can be baptized in the Church of Jesus Christ. And um, I grew up, but we were, I guess, like what you would call like um, Sunday, Sunday disciples, where like you go to church on Sunday and that's it, you mm-hmm. know, which which is kind of what a lot of people do today. And it's totally fine. Um, and so like the things that I was taught at church and my conduct didn't really match up very well, especially when I got into my teen years. And so um, when you're 18, 19, every young person in the church has the opportunity to serve a mission if they choose to. And so I remember people would ask me and I would always say, no, I didn't want to. And then I I came to this point where I felt like I wasn't, like I wasn't doing too much. And so um, I started to pray and like sincerely ask what I should be doing with my life. And so I didn't receive some type of revelation or vision, but I felt like I was supposed to be somewhere that I wasn't. And so in me in my he- for me in my head, the only thing that I could think of was going on a mission. And I thought, why not? You know? Mm-hmm. And so I went on a mission and it um it was like 
I don't want this to sound bad, but like religious boot camp. Like I had never seriously studied anything. And then I was like thrown into this world where you study every single day for, mm-hmm. you know, hours. And, um, and so coming off of my mission, like I understand so much more now, but being on my mission helped me to understand that I was drawn to the church. I was trying to remember, honestly, the original question because <laughs> I had gotten so deep, but now I remember, um, drawn to the church because for me when i read the bible i see like puzzle pieces of like christ's church uh-huh. and i see like really essential pieces that i see are missing mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. and i feel like i find them within the church of jesus christ i see mm-hmm. okay i have a few things sure and this is not me to try to like swing you from your religion, no, no, no. okay? Totally. And I, I feel like I always have to give a disclaimer because I don't want people to think that I'm like trying right. to like swindle you. But this is the things that come up in my head when you say these things because sure. this is exactly the thought process I would have going through these experiences. Sure. When you say that it was like a Jesus boot camp, right? Well, mm-hmm. let's go back even further. I feel like from what I know of you, mm-hmm. when you don't know what to do, you like order. Sure. And so I sure. feel like this was a per- perfect opportunity for you to like go into an experience that is like what you're going for, right? Like helping people, right. doing good. But it's like a prepackaged almost vacation. Not a vacation, mm-hmm. but a prepackaged like this is your journey. Yeah. Just complete this task and you're a winner. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like that's very enticing for you. So I see why that to me seems like an outsider where I'm like, oh, mission would be perfect for you, mm-hmm. right? But then also on the flip side, I feel like especially with like any any form of religion i feel like there's that that fear of like don't tell me that what i'm saying is wrong because it's going to question what i believe and then when you get that questioning that's when people start being like well wait is this really for me sure which is why i feel like when you say you got closer to god through that mission experience Mm -hmm. it's because you were like filtered through that so much so that you're like this is the way of life right Mm -hmm. and i almost feel like when you're Mormon, a lot of people stay in Utah because it's easy to believe that when everyone else around you, that's your reality. Sure. But I feel like the people in my life who I know that are Mormon who left Utah and live here in LA or outside of wherever else I lived in the world, mm-hmm. they always like kind of like fell off yeah. their religion mm-hmm. because I feel like the world doesn't think naturally like a Mormon would. Sure, sure. Because I, from my sh- brief understanding, I feel like there's a lot of rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is like, Speaking on that, do you feel like any of that might be true? Um, I feel like the order, like that was enticing. But I think mission is like such a broad term. A lot of people, I think when I say mission, they think like, oh, he went and helped like people build homes in like a third world country or something. Well, so, then, so then explain like yeah. what is like a so, day-to-day thing for a mission. Because sure. you're, you're gone for what, two years? Two years, And yeah. you were in Canada? I was in Canada. I was in Montreal, Canada. Uh, Montreal, Quebec, um, which is a French-speaking province in mm-hmm. Canada. So going on your mission, you're placed in a, you're put in a place called an MTC, which is basically like a, a school for missionaries mm-hmm. where you learn a language in six weeks. And so um, I had to learn French. And obviously, you're not very good by the end. But it's also like you learn basically like the essential things that you should know mm-hmm. to teach people. And so um, I learned French and I was sent off on my mission in Montreal. And you're 100% away from home, anything you're ever comfortable with. I remember being in the MTC. And this is also the only reason that I would say um, that, like, that could be enticing, but that would very quickly wear off as a missionary if that's what you were going for. Because 
instantly you're away from home. Like I, I cried in the MTC often because I was so homesick. Pussy. And then just <laughs> <laughs> I'm like true. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally a mama's boy though. And um, going on my mission, you know, I'm I had never been to Canada before. I'm in somewhere I've in a place I've never been, and it, like very quickly you feel like oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. is happening. And so, as a missionary, you wake up every morning at 6.30, um, you shower, you eat breakfast, you study, I mean, call it personal study, where you can study something of your choice, like the Bible, or Book of Mormon, or other resources. Um, when you say personal study, you mean, like, it has like to be within the religion, it. or, like, you um, can study, like, biomechanics? Uh, no, yeah, it has to okay. be within, like, okay. like a gospel library sure. type thing. Um, and then we study, like, do... Because you always have a companion, you're always with someone. So for two years, I was never alone. Mm-hmm. I was with um, someone else my age. And so then you study with them for an hour, and then you do language study for an hour, and then you're kind of off on your day. And so your day really just looks like you going out. On a bike? Uh, we didn't have bikes, luckily, because it so, <laughs> it's so cold there that you wouldn't be able to go on a bike. But we're either walking or in a car. Um, and so we would go knock doors. I'm sure many of you have had missionaries come to your door. Um, we would talk to people on the street, go on the bus, go on the metro, everything, anything you could think of, yeah. we would we would do, basically. Uh, see that that to me, like I feel like, no wonder you would get close to the religion, right? Especially if you're committed to the to, to sure. finishing the two weeks, only because you are always surrounded by it, and then your sole mission is to convince people that they should do it, right? Right. And I feel like at a certain point, you have to convince yourself. That this is what, because you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because I'm sure so many people test you on what you're telling them. Oh, 100%. And you're, you have to believe so much so that what right. you're saying is stronger than what they're bl- blowing back at you. That you yeah. almost, I don't want to say brainwash, but your belief gets stronger because you have to be like, sure. no. And you almost, not almost, but you're probably convincing yourself like, no, 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 no. Like, this is the way it is. And again, mm-hmm. this isn't me trying to say what you're doing no, is no, wrong or like you. the whole mission was a sham. But I feel right. like in a psychological sense where I would break down my own thought again, that's what I would think. It almost feels like they know what to do in order to make sure you come back. I, yes and no. Like I'm not going to disagree with that because to me, there's a lot of truth to that. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just real quick, this last point, like coming from a military background, that feels very militaristic where they pound the, the, you know, the way of military life and you so hard and so much so. And they surround you. You live on the base. You're with each other. Everyone's around the same community so that, like, my dad's experiencing it now, now that he's outside of the military, mm-hmm. where he's like, I didn't realize how much the military had infiltrated my own thought because mm-hmm. now he's having, like, I wouldn't say a midlife crisis, but, like, right. the idea that, like, wow, there's a world outside of this. Right, right, And right. I, that's why I feel like when people leave Utah mm-hmm. who are Mormon, they have that same realization of, like, wait, how much is it like I'm actually supposed to know or how much is it that I've like been told to know? Do you know what I mean? It's almost like the allegory of the cave where like it's that altered reality. Yeah. And I, yeah, I would agree a little bit and then I would disagree in the sense that like for me there was like a decision, maybe not a decision day, but um, that kind of thing where it really came down to like, you know, do I believe this or do I not? Because I had Mm -hmm. never spent serious time studying it. And so after like studying it, and I would pray a lot. And I think whether you're um, religious or not, I think the idea of prayer totally. like, can change your 100%. life. hundred percent. And so for me, I really felt like a confirmation that the things that 
I were doing were true. And and my life was very d- different, you know, before I, I went on a mission. And so, you know, being surrounded by people, Quebec, that province is a place where like the Catholic Church, like the beginning of Quebec is the Catholic Church going there. Mm. And people hate religion, absolutely hate the idea of religion. Everyone's Catholic. No one goes to church. Everyone hates the Catholic. Okay, not everyone, but... Mm-hmm. Might men- be that's like the general right. feeling behind Right. It. Yeah. And so religion is not very welcomed. And so the majority of the conversations we had were that. People telling you like, okay, you're wrong. You know, mm-hmm. this is wrong. Um, but I felt like for myself, like I developed a conviction through me personally that that what I was teaching and what I was learning was true and i felt like god was allowing me to have this experience um to shape me and also to to test me for sure because it was hard there were so many times where i thought like oh man it would just be so easy to go home you know this is this is hard um do you think you would have had the same experience had it not been about god though um do you know what i mean like if you were to like talk about your values always be in your thought because it's just you and your companion you said um yeah which i would imagine if you don't get along with your companion that's a very lonely lonely life you have to sit with your thought a lot right right and the alternative of not going out and trying to convince whoever that Mm -hmm. this mormon's the religion is for them you're in your thoughts probably thinking like how did i fail how can i be better how can i make this conversation seem a little more realistic for this person how can i connect that again, like it's almost like you're changing your thought and your pattern to be like, I have to believe this so much so to be like, right, I'm on this. But I feel like in order to get to that point where you're like, I have to believe this, it takes because missions are so hard. Um, like you talked about, I, I mean, it's not like being in the military or mm-hmm. anything like that, but um, where at least for me, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but I felt like it needed to be more than just like. I'm going to convince my... Because Brian... I feel like Brian knows. I'm super, super... Um, like, cannot make a decision for the life of me. And I'm always bouncing back and forth between things. I think and, you can make a decision when there's no options. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> and I feel maybe. like in your scenario, there weren't options. So it was easy for you to be like, this is what I want to do. For, for me, though, it would have been very easy to come home. Um, but I also think that you don't quit like that, though. Um. I, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say, like, I'm a quitter. Because I feel like for you, the idea that you came home and everyone knew you quit, mm-hmm. that would have too much shame, which is more of a driving force than for you to be like, I'm not in this. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no. I can understand that. Like, I think, again, I, I don't want to speak on your behalf, and I no, don't no. want you to, like, change your mindset. If Like, I if, no. I think that it was great for you to go on this, yeah, this mission. Course. So I don't want you to think that. But I also think that, like, it's a loaded thing. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like, like, had you not felt shame from leaving, I, I, I think you might have. Um, I mean, I feel like there's like driving forces for everything, sure. you know. And so, sure, that was that was definitely a factor. Um, and I think for many missionaries, that's probably an even bigger factor. For, for my, sure. Yeah, in my, I family, would imagine. Yeah, no one has gone on a mission before. And so they didn't know what to expect. You know, my mom would always say, like, if you want to come home, it's okay, you know. And so I, at a certain point, for me, I felt like if I was maybe like proselyting or teaching something else that didn't have to do religion, it wouldn't have worked because I feel like as cheesy as it sounds, like I really needed God to help me out through those two years. I believe that. You know, and... I'm 
probably making it sound a little bit like miserable. It wasn't miserable. It was hard. Um, but like sweeter than I could have ever imagined and harder than I ever I think thought. I think what made it difficult from the, the brief interaction sure. or the br- brief expl- explanation. Well, exp- okay, let me bring the listeners in. What made it hard for you? Like what um, was your biggest worries or troubles? Yeah. Um, I had never been a ho- ho- away from home for more than one week. Um, that was hard. Um, something that ironically is also hard. I grew up around only women. Um, like my parents got divorced when I was really young and I just lived with my sister and my mom. And so for me, the idea of being around men all the time, because your companion's always a guy, they're not mm-hmm. going to give you a girl. That was like one of the most frightening things. Cause I was just like, Oh, this is going to be a drag. Like, I don't know how to develop a relationship with guys my age. Um, and so that was hard. The idea of being shut down all the time I thought was hard. Um, the idea of having to like really put yourself out there. And then for me, I think probably the biggest thing was the idea of teaching something that I didn't know Mm -hmm. at the time, you know, like Mm -hmm. literally zero idea. It's like me saying I'm going to teach chemistry and I have never taken Mm -hmm. a chemistry Mm -hmm. class, you know? Well, to me, all of those experiences are life lessons that you learn. Oh, totally. totally. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why I feel like for you, that was like a really good experience because it's the same thing. And I, I, I am only using the military because it's a reference that I can pull from. No, but totally. I always tell people, if you don't know what you're going to do, just go to the military. military. Especially if you like will be up to no good if uh-huh. you don't do something. <laughs> just because when people have that structure, it's a good way to figure out life without feeling like they have to worry about things that like, you know, financial responsibilities and blah, blah, blah. Right. And yeah. I feel like like you, just going through some of the things you just said, like feeling apprehensive about a guy right companion that teaches you and forces you to have to learn how to communicate with people that are outside of your scope right totally, which totally. is exactly what you would learn in college you mm-hmm. know or like being away from home again yeah. like in college, the military or in the military totally um just things that people at that age should be learning or it's right. good to learn right because that's really like yeah. almost a passage into adulthood mm-hmm. so that's why i'm like the things that you found challenging, I don't think come from the religion as much as the experience. Because uh-huh, if you 100%. consider it, it's like almost the exact opposite of what you're used to. Everyone's speaking either Spanish or English here in California, yeah. both languages you grew up speaking. Right. They speak French yeah. in Canada, in I Quebec. Spent a long time speaking it's, Spanish. In, like in Quebec, it's mostly French, right? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in a place you don't know how to communicate, which is right. a lot. I understand growing up in Korea and Germany, Germany, like I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Totally. Um, and then on top of that, like living in Southern California where there's like a plethora of people as well as play- things to eat, things mm-hmm. to do. Quebec is a big city, but yeah. you're freezing most of the time of the year, which oh, is so completely cool. opposite of California. Yeah. And like with all those things, it does it just seems so trivial. But when it adds up, it's a lot to take on totally, at totally. a young age. I would agree. I think that's not, yeah, it's not for everyone. Yeah. So it's like understandable why it's challenging. And I think you sticking out is like such a good thing because it shows that you can really accomplish what you put effort into. And it makes sense to me why God would be there for you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Which that's funny. You okay, can we come back to that? Yeah, because I have a lot. Um also I wanted wanted to mention, like for us, probably the biggest thing we earlier we mentioned like that other idea of more book of scripture. And so for the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, um, that's where like the Book of Mormon play comes from. We have a book of scripture that we call the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. that quickly and pretty basically we believe was 
to be written around the same time as the New Testament in the Americas, as opposed to like Jerusalem in the Middle East area. And so we believe that there are prophets on the American continent who um, who spoke to God and wrote down Revelation just as Moses or Isaiah. Um, and we believe that that was translated eventually by Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. And so for us because these like conversations we would have every day where really it's impossible for me to convince someone that they're wrong mm-hmm. and I'm right. Especially yeah. when they're coming in thinking what you're going to say is already wrong. Oh, Do you know totally, I mean? like, totally. It's not like you're you're like bringing up new right. ideas. They're like, I already know what you're about yeah. to say. And like, it's like convince me otherwise. Yeah. And it's like, you already know you're not going to convince 100%. them. A hundred percent. And a very small percentage of people were people that were just like curious. Right. Most people strongly believed in something else and were thinking like, you know, great, like, let me let me prove them wrong or learn so that I can, you know, be a better person in their own personal life. Right, yeah. right. And so, um, oh, I forgot what I was saying before. Oh, the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. And so for us, like we would have these long conversations where at the end we would say, you know, like nothing I'm going to tell you is going to change your mind, but like read the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. and read it and sincerely pray about it. And I don't know how God's going to answer your prayer, but mm-hmm. I. I know that it's true. I believe that God's answered my prayer and I believe that he can do that for you. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to know, read and pray and you'll find out, mm-hmm. you know, which is essentially like what I did for two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the only thing that I have issues with because I think sure. what you just said is like monumental. But this is why I think religion is kind of a hoax, but spirituality is super important. Sure. Because I feel like religion is always used as a martyr of if you're good or bad. When really, who's to dictate that other than a person, right? Because it's not, it's not God telling you you're good or bad. I think it's the idea of God that a person believes, right? Which is why right. there's all these offshoots of mm-hmm. religion. And then through whoever's um, religious rules fit most in your life, that's the easiest transition or the mm-hmm. one that you feel like you're in need of the most in that moment right. when you're in a dark place, you gravitate towards. Uh-huh. But correct me if I'm wrong, but realistically, you're trying to make heaven on earth as a good mormon right um it's so funny that you mentioned that like i just had like the most like just perfect visual memory of like a a time on when i was on my mission um but someone talks about that his name is um oh i'm gonna butcher it so i'm not even gonna say it but he talks about that and he talks about the idea um where like we're trying to make heaven on earth Mm -hmm. um but like for us, we because I agree a hundred percent that like if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints of Saints, my belief is not that you're a good person or you're gonna get to heaven, right? Or get your but, own planet or something, right? Right, or get your own <laughs> planet or like your own stars and stuff. Um, but and that's not to say if you're a member of another church or if you don't believe in God that you're not gonna go to heaven because I think the most consistent belief is like who am I to tell you? You know what I mean? But the thing is, is that people do. That's where I don't like about religion. Right. No. And I could see that. I think that's the idea of like, we believe that like how Christ intended for his church to be on earth was lost. And then things like this happen where there are so many churches and there are so many different beliefs and people who, you know, maybe aren't doing what God wants them to do. And so our idea, our belief is that they're, you know, like God's church is on the earth and man is imperfect. And that's mm-hmm. not, I'm not just saying that to allow like people in the church to do bad things, but it's, 
part of the things mm-hmm. that we believe mm-hmm. you know we're imperfect imperfect beings all trying to become better um but eventually we will get to a point where maybe we search and we want to know but we sorry coming back to that first thing um we believe that we're not necessary i mean maybe trying to make heaven right i'm not saying be a horrible person then you can make heaven but there's so much to it that it's hard to break it down, you know? Sure. Um, but I guess the idea is that we live our truth to to the fullest, to what we know. And do we believe that there are certain things you should do to get into heaven? Yes. Um, do we believe that people who don't do them on this earth are not going to be able to get into heaven? No, we believe that everyone's going to be given an opportunity to to go to heaven and something that's different as well sorry i'm kind of mouth vomiting yeah this is like going on a tangent so what like just make it a little more concise because i'm kind of confused sure um (laughs) what was your original thing that you said well i was saying that like people are saying that i mean i feel like the idea of most religions is like create a heaven on earth be a good person like live through the word of god right but then the opposite happens when you do that Okay, what do you mean? In that like um, putting rules on like same-sex marriages or uh-huh. do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, treating totally. thy neighbor how you want to be treated or right. stuff like that. Um, it just seems a little bit backwards. And let me sure. ask this, right? Sure. Okay, if say a child never mm-hmm. learned about the Mormon religion, grew up right. to be an adult, knows nothing about religion, what is their fate when they die? So we believe that they'll be given an opportunity to... So then, if that's the case, don't tell me anything about religion. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, why why not let me be my own? Like, why go out as a mission and try to convince all these people to learn about the way of God? When really, what you're doing is letting them live in ignorance so that they can have their chance in heaven. Yeah. No, honestly, that was um, like a thought process that I had a lot on my mission um so stop talking podcast over i don't want to hear anymore i want to go into (laughs) heaven don't tell me i'm gonna get my own planet i'm about to be lit we gonna get a water slide (laughs) bitch a buffet table some fucking crab legs (laughs) melted butter (laughs) ew melted butter oh you don't want melted butter no i don't even like crab um she fake (laughs) but essentially as cheesy as it does sound like i believe um that having a connection like with god and knowing um like christ's church on the earth can lead us to more happiness yeah yeah i don't doubt i don't i don't deny that Mm -hmm. as well i feel like what happens is because i have a lot of mormon friends because i absolutely adore mormons i really do but the religion is just like it seems a little bit of a problem to me just from my own worldview not Mm -hmm. because i think mormon mormon religion is a problem that's Mm -hmm. not what i'm saying but just the way i live my life and i'll get into why i feel this way um becomes a little problematic but i will say that i think religion is a good basis for like moral code Uh, yeah you know what i mean and i think i think that's a great um denominator between all religions is like how to be a quote-unquote good person but i think that when you start putting rules on how someone should live that's when it starts becoming a problem for me okay um and there's just two examples i bring up and i only bring up these examples not because i'm trying to embarrass the religion but i bring it up because these are two identities that are really important to me or this is how i view my world through these two identities and for me i feel like both of them are not allowed in the mormon religion Mm -hmm. and that is being black Mm -hmm. and being gay okay um 
And I just want to read this because it came off of New York Times. Um, and then obviously you can go yeah, more into it. But it's about being black and Mormon. That Mormonism wasn't always troubled by anti-black racism in a country deeply stained by slavery and anti-black racism. The church founded by John Smith in 1830 was noteworthy for its relative racial um, problem. Smith episodically opposed slavery and tolerated the priesthood. Um, blah, 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 blah. So Smith was more for it, right? Right. And then um, it was Smith's successor, Brigham Young, who adopted the policies that now haunt the church. He described black people as cursed with dark skin as punishment for Cain's murder of his brother. And then in quotes, he says, any man having one drop of seed of Cain in him cannot hold the priesthood. So, and that was declared in 1852. So in essence, mm-hmm. he's saying that like, if you're black, you can't be yeah someone of the church. And then in June of 1978, um, by a letter by the first president of the Church of Jesus of Latter- uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints proclaimed that all worthy male members of the church may be ordained to the priesthood without regard of race or color. Right. So it seems a little bit weird where your religion to say, your religion to say, everyone's equal, mm-hmm. be a God on earth, but then, yeah. like, you can't have the same equality as everyone else. Sure. Um, also to clarify so I see where they could have the beginning, like the New York Times post. Mm-hmm. Right? I see where they could have. I'm like, I see the context in which that was pulled, but I think it was it was very manipulated. You're right in the sense that mm-hmm. um, in the early days of the church, black men were not allowed to receive the priesthood, um, which is um, we believe like basically the power to. Um, act in the name of God, I guess, here on earth. Um, and for... But d- uh, don't you see how that's kind of like... No, yeah. Problematic totally. to say. Do you get what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And um, when that, in 1978, when that, I guess, letter came out to the members of the church, th- there's really no good no good answer that I have, right? Because I feel like that was on brand for what American history was going through, right? With like segregation. Right. So like that. And it's like, well, I don't want people to leave the church because times are changing. Right. So right, let me sure. change the tune. And I bring that up because the same thing happened um, with gay people uh-huh. in the Mormon religion. Um, quoted by CNN that the Mormon church will no longer consider same-sex couples apostates, which is like going against the church. Is that right? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. And will allow their children to be baptized into the church without special approval from church leaders. The church said it is in, uh, in a surprise announcement. The church officially, known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, said it's it wants to reduce the hate and contention so commonly today. LGBT parents can request that their child be blessed by a member of the church priesthood. And when their child turns eight, the church will contact them and propose that the child be baptized. Um, which is great. And I love that. But that happened in 2015, which right. is kind of like same-sex marriage kind of was okay. And I feel like, again, it was like a PR stunt, realistically, uh-huh. in my eyes, sure. um, to say, yeah, don't, no, 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 don't make yeah. us look this way because... It's fine. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like how Chick-fil-A is trying to go back on their LGBT, anti-LGBT stuff. Where it's like, oh, times are changing. We either get on board or we shut down. Right. And it's like, to me, it feels very like, I'm scared. And let Uh me just like get on board. Sure. Um, So so to give some context to that, because that is correct. Before the church would not allow children of um, same-sex marriages to be baptized into the church before the age of 18. Um, What I know the meaning behind that to be is because they didn't want to cause rifts in the family. If you're a child Mm -hmm. of a same-sex marriage, 
than for you to come home and say, hey, I'm a part of a religion that says that this is not okay would cause serious damage. But then even with that said now, that person will be baptized at eight, right? Is allowed to, but then they're still learning the 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 preaching and mm-hmm. the word of saying like same sex is not okay like hetero homosexuality is like not okay mm-hmm. so wouldn't that still be the same thing as like feeding into that idea that like you're teaching this kid that this love is invalid in a sense i like totally get what you're saying um and i think and again, this what? is not like no. you're not the mouth of the church. Do you right, know what right, I'm right. saying? And totally. Because you don't come from these identities, it's easy not to have to think about it. Right. But this is where I struggle with religion. Because totally. if you're saying yeah. that a same sex person is a bad person or a black person is a bad person, because mm-hmm. realistically, the priesthood is supposed to be the holiest, right? Uh, sure, yeah. And if you're not allowed to be in that role, you're saying you're less yeah. than. And so here's like what we believe behind that. And like as blatantly as i can or i should say by Brene brown the story i'm telling myself this, yeah, is this sure that the priesthood is the holiest and i'm not allowed to do that because i'm sure. both black and gay. so now um we believe and like the doctrine is that god loves everyone you can read in the bible god mm-hmm. loves everyone regardless of skin color regardless of you know their sexual orientation those things um do does the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints believe that gay marriage or homosexual relations are um okay no um do they believe that god loves everyone and that i'm trying to word this well that god loves everyone and that that they are a bad person because they do that no um does that make them a sinner every we all sin that's the idea right none of us are perfect Mm -hmm. we'll never be perfect Mm -hmm. um while we're here on earth and so for us the simple answer that i mean for you it might not sound that great is that we believe that god loves everyone regardless right Um, but that to me is pretty much saying like black lives matter and you're saying like all no all lives matter do you know what i mean it's like sure yes there is that thing where it's like well homosexuality is a sin but i guess we're all sinners but then the sins that you commit are different and are hold at a different standard than what i'm okay than i am do you get what i'm saying yeah like you being white and straight sure you can have a certain trajectory in life right especially in this religion but Mm -hmm. i will never be able to have that trajectory even though we're all sinners quote unquote we all are on the same level playing uh-huh. field do you get what i'm saying yeah no and I like it's easy to say that we're all sinners as a blanket statement for not having an answer but to me that doesn't make it equal okay right sure and also to set like that straight a little bit like now regardless of skin color which at one time you're right it wasn't that way like you can be black and hold the priesthood, you can be black and all right. But then again, like to me, if your religion is a one-all religion, that is the right way to go. Wouldn't those standards be set from the get-go and not change mm-hmm. with time? Because then, to me, what is that? Is that God changing it, or is that the person interpreting God's word to make it make sense for the life they want to live and convince people for that? Do you get what I'm saying? Sure. Because yeah. if it was the one and true religion, I don't think you would have to have these conversations. Uh huh. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, None of that would have mattered if it was important, but I feel like because it was written in a time that things were quote unquote different, and then now you're like living by this law because you thought things weren't going to change, and now that they do, you're like, oh shit. To me, that just like leaves it devalues your word because it just makes me feel like you're like wish washy. Not you, but I just mean in a general sense. 
sure. the church. Yeah. And that's where it's like a problem to me. I don't even want to say a problem. I guess it's just a little disappointing. Sure. And because I don't want to say a problem because I don't want to make it seem like it's a negative thing. But for my own view on it, it's just a little upsetting and disappointing because I feel like for it to be altruistic and like this is the way, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's not the case. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Um, I mean, you're right in the sense that I like I there's not a good answer that I can give mm-hmm. for a lot of that. Um, what I can say is that I think for me, it's hard because you're, I'm surround, I have a lot of friends who are, are gay, Mm -hmm. who identify as gay. Um, and I have a lot of friends who, the majority of my friends aren't members of their church, you know? And so for me, I grew up with this. Well, now it's like, I have these like beliefs and then, you know, my life, those things, I'm surrounded by people who don't have the same beliefs, which mm-hmm. is normal. And I see how that that could look. I totally do. I, you know, I've had that conversation with myself a hundred times where, you know, things were one way and then they changed. Like, does God change? Mm-hmm. No, we believe God is the same forever, you know, and ever. Um, but do we believe that man is capable of believing a wrong way for so long and then that being kind of the way and we i mean in a sense as maybe cheesy as this sounds we believe that god really does love everyone and man's beliefs were so so skewed at the time yeah i'm not doubting that god right. believes everyone or loves right, <laughs> believes right, right. everyone god loves everyone right whatever that god is right is the mm-hmm. higher power i think sure. really it's just love point blank but the sure. love that people express is either through god or the universe or sure. yoga or their dog or what, do you know what i'm saying may, like whatever, whatever be, they yeah. decide to worship so i don't doubt that but i i feel like when when the religion idea like when you look at theology all of it kind of has the same base meaning right and there's this idea of higher power and what i said in the last episode too still stands true for my worldview is like there's common threads and i feel like human brains are so sophisticated that when there is a tough time like being on a mission where you feel like i can't do this i feel stuck whether that is because you'll feel shameful that you're quitting or you you know feel the need that there's something telling you to stay or whatever like that i think that is your own intuition pulling you through but then because you doubt that you need something in a higher power to relinquish the pressure of like deciding and then you it gives you that calmness almost Mm -hmm. like what meditation would do which a lot of people do is pray right where it's like almost surrendering that feeling of like ugh stress to this moment and then be okay let me re look at the universe to receive these quote-unquote gifts and this is what i always me and shane always say like these gifts from the universe right and i think that you tap into your mindset of like let me look for answers to get me through this moment and what for you that might be god for me it's just gifts from the universe so i think that we're all connected in a certain sense but the problem with me that i have with religion is that these these realistic like rule books like Mm -hmm. the book of mormon the bible the quran like i feel like they're rule books for you to be a certain person when like i don't want to take it here and i'm not upset by you but it makes me emotional mm-hmm. because i feel like i'm never valid valid or valued in the way you believe sure about love or sure religion or like a worldview do you know what i mean yeah. and like i don't get emotional because when i left religion or like had this i'm not that i left religion because i respect it still but mm-hmm. when i 
struggle with religion, when I have struggled with religion, I have had to really let go of the things that I was taught when I was a kid, right? And like really had to value what, had to look at my value system and what I believed. Mm -hmm. But it's still a hard journey because there's like, what I naturally feel like I fall into is not okay in societal standards, especially here in America. And so it's upsetting that like, I feel like I've, again, this is not me trying to make you feel bad, but like I've been there for you as a friend, right? And like, I've like, really, I feel like, show how I can love, but then that will never be valid because I'm gay or black Mm -hmm. or whatever. Not, I mean, that's dramatic. Do you know what I mean? But at one point, these things would have been a problem, no matter how good of a person I am. Yeah. And that's where to me, I'm like, what kind of fuck shit is that? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And for me... As a per, two things, um, you mentioned something earlier that I wanted to touch on. Um, if you don't remember, just yeah, talk when it and comes, then we'll try to when come it comes back, back up, to yeah. me, we'll talk about it. But to, because the the majority of my family don't believe the same things that I believe, right? And so for me, I personally look at being a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and i'm sure this you know however it sounds like this truly is what i believe i'm not saying this to to try and validate anything or make it seem better but i feel like being a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints makes me a person that's more capable of loving and makes me a person that's more capable of understanding that everyone's going through their own journey right and yeah. everyone is valid in god's eyes well, regardless of right. you know where you come from regardless of where you come from and so for me i feel like it has allowed me to be a better person and i and i could never say that i understand because i don't because mm-hmm. i'm not in those shoes you know but i feel like it allows me to try and understand and empathize and understand that I am no better than the man next to me who is this, 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 and this. Okay, let me ask you this question then. Do you think that you wouldn't have the same kind of feeling if you took time every Sunday by yourself to think about topics like love and values and gratitude and stuff like that on your own as a meditational practice or group meditation and still feel like you're a better person? Sure. No, I'm sure. And that's where I feel like what you're getting from your religion would happen in any other form. Sure. But I think that's the problem when people aren't going to church, quote unquote, as when they do these, like, this is why you say like, oh, I do it religiously, right? Where it's a Mm -hmm. practice where every day or every week you set time aside to like investigate on these ideas, investigate on your your values, investigate on who you are, how you see the world, da, da, da. But I feel like if you were to do that, whether it's therapy or that like taking a yoga class or a cycling class and like seriously like driving on the 101 with music on or mm-hmm. listening to a podcast and sitting there fruit thinking snacks. about yeah exactly fruit <laughs> snacks sitting there thinking about your own thought process how you view the world i think the same thing would happen reading self-help books do you know what i mean yeah. and that's where i'm like i get why you gravitate towards it but i also think that religion is the vehicle for you to get there but it's not the only means to do that the only problem is when not you Mm because i don't ever feel like this has ever come from you Uh but when i just look at religion from an outsider looking in to see does this work for me i feel like it doesn't because of those Uh reasons of like who i am as a person who i've really felt like i've like become in an authentic way myself i'm like okay i'm not welcome here right Uh, and 
I remember the first thing, and it has to do with that. It's that I truly believe that, and I think you would agree that believing in God is a choice, right? Mm-hmm. I think that if I go throughout my day not looking for signs, that I'm not going to receive any signs mm-hmm. that, you know, God is there, he's answering my prayers. And so I think that when we decide to believe in God, that we like develop or we suddenly see these things that we weren't looking for before, so we never saw. And so... But for you, that's God, right? Right. For me, that's that's, God. But that's like, for me, I see that as just being aware. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. And I use this example because it's the first thing that popped in my head. But when I was looking for cars Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I kind of like this car. I've never seen it. And it was a Mazda CX-5. Then as I was like driving around shopping for cars, all I saw on the road were Mazda Mazda CX-5s. Yeah, totally. And it's very that where when you're... At, when you're open to receiving answers, they come. And sure. so that's the same thing with prayer, where it's like, God, give me patience. Give me this. Right. So now you're thinking, I need patience. I need patience, right? So now when I'm talking to my kid and, and they're annoying. testing my patience, yeah. I'm like, God, thank you for giving me, me this patience. time to try my patience, right? Sure. Because you're aware of those things. And sure. so that's where I'm like, yes, religion's great. And that's why, like I said, I have a ton of Mormon friends because I think what the religion does do fundamentally is amazing. Mm-hmm. And like that that strict practice kind of makes you become a person that like is very nice and kind and open. Sure. But just the back and forth of like everything, I'm like, for me, I'm like, I don't need religion to be that person because I feel like we live very similar lives mm-hmm. and we function very similarly. The only difference is I don't go into a church. Mm-hmm. But yet we're still making the same amount of good. Yeah. Do you totally. know what I mean? And I don't think you need to be a member of the church to... Exactly. Right, to I agree. Good. But then that's the same thing of going backwards where it's like, if you never told me about religion, would I still be accepted? And it's like, yes, well then don't tell me about religion. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where I'm like, okay, all of these things, it's just like, it almost seems like you have to convince yourself to believe these things in order to like be a part of a cool... Cl- cool club kid uh-huh. do you know what i mean yeah and I it's like i i don't get why that has to be the case when if you're a good person like just let that be the shining light if you want to love another man let them love another man especially mm-hmm. if you're acting out in love do you know mm-hmm. what i mean it doesn't affect anyone else right like I, I don't know it's just struggle i struggle with it because my whole life i've had shame mm-hmm. not because i put it on myself but because society through religion made this idea that what i am does not exist Uh and so now i have to like unpack that and because i've been quote unquote freed from that it feels like i can never go back to it because it's not fair now that because people are okay more so okay with like lgbtq type Mm -hmm. rights that now all of a sudden the church is like yeah you're good but it's like it's almost like how slavery was for black people you know it's like Mm -hmm. well now you can vote now you have rights so why are you upset it's like yes that's true but think of look at all of the history you just put me back sure do you know what i mean sure and that's just where i struggle where i'm like ugh. Mm -hmm. like i I love it and i want to get into it but it's like that is not for me sure and Again, it's not a judgment on you or I'm not, I'm really not trying to like convince you. Maybe I'm trying to convince myself, but it's, it's just, it's just like, I don't know. I don't even know what the the word is for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Am I stumping you? I don't mean to. No, no, no. I don't. The thing is, and, and I'll, like I'll be very honest, I don't have a good answer, and I think I don't think anyone yeah. has a good answer. And I don't. You know? I didn't expect you to have right. that answer, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, I can't wait for the day where we all die, and yeah. as silly as it sounds, that, I'm and looking like, forward and to it. And we do understand, like, because 
I really do think that God, like whether you believe him to be God or something else, has understands things more than we could ever, right? And I think that there's so much more understanding that has to be done that I don't have um, enough to say like, this is why this Mm -hmm. is that way. Mm -hmm. Or um, Brian knows I love him a hundred million times. (laughs) He's like, "Mm -mm." I don't because you, I always try to hug you. You never want to hug back. Oh my gosh. I'm always trying to like hold your hand in public. You fucking run away. We. Oh my God. What? (laughs) We held hands in public the other day, Brian. When? (laughs) Um, When? I don't remember, but I know we did. I'm always trying to like kiss you. You never want to kiss me back. (laughs) That's what you do to show love and you're not trying to show love. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to revisit that. Weird. Um, But, Brian knows, well, maybe he doesn't know, but I do love <laughs> him. And I think that I don't think everyone needs to be, as we already said, a Mormon to be a good person. Yeah. I think that people, through many different ways, become good people. And I think the universe, I think God, I think this earth needs more good people. Yeah. And I think that eventually we will understand. And as silly as it sounds, the only thing I could say, and even as a missionary, we would have conversations like this and we'd get to the end of conversation and it kind of feels like there's like nothing, you know, right. maybe more understanding between you two. The only thing I could say is like pray for yourself, you know, like read the Book of Mormon, right. see if those things matter to you, you know, and if they do, God will guide you. And if they don't, then that's OK. I'm not a better person mm-hmm. because I believe those mm-hmm. things, you know, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we're running a little bit long, so we'll just kind of wrap it up on this. But I just want to say thank you so much for doing this with me. I really do appreciate you talking about religion because I love to talk about shit like this. And this is honestly why we started the podcast is to kind of get into the nitty gritty. And I wish people would have more conversations like this because it doesn't have to be so volatile. Right. Like, especially when there's like a love between two people. And exactly what I was going to say. It's like so much easier. You, I feel like whether you are a religious catholic mm-hmm. you know buddhist you know whatever muslim as long as you're acting out in love there's no wrong mm-hmm. and i think i always feel that from you and hopefully you feel that from me i do and i think that's why this is a strong bond and we can have these conversations because i respect you, you respect me yeah. and i want the best and i also want understanding and i think this is yeah just thanks yeah. thanks for having this conversation thanks I feel like there's still so much to say, but we can't have like a six hour long podcast, but maybe we'll bring you back maybe for season an two. Maybe HBO special. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Shane can like come on and we can all have a, like a three way discussion about why you left the Mormon religion. Um, <laughs> so this last segment, just to like wrap it up, um, it's called In Season. You listen to podcasts, but I'll just explain it to you. Um, it's just something that we've taken interest. It doesn't have to be anything serious. It could be a song. It could be food. It could be your religion i don't Mm -hmm. care um i'll go first as you're thinking and then um yeah well once i'm finished okay so just recently um netflix had queer eye japan i love queer eye now that you turned me (laughs) on to it i think it's so good i want to nominate my dad for queer 
That would be good. Yeah. But um, there's only four episodes. and Of Japan. Yeah. And I, I blasted through all four. Um, of course, it's really heartfelt. It was a little bit overproduced, but that's fine. Um, the only reason I bring it up is because I felt like there was this empathetic need to feel sorry for them. Not because I was like judging them or cult, j- Japanese culture, mm-hmm. but there's this, this idea of collectivism in Japan where everyone's working towards the greater good and mm-hmm. your needs are like the last thing that needs to be met before everyone else's, which I truly believe America could take that on mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, but I feel like Japan does it to an extent to where it suppresses the individual so much so that like literally they're dying inside their own head. Mm-hmm. And every single one of these um, candidates, like every single one wanted to come out of their shell and be their authentic self. Mm-hmm. And, society was not letting them and it really was like heartbreaking because i've been in that situation being gay having to live in your own head with all these secrets and all these emotions and luckily in american society like it's easier to be an individual because that's what we pride ourselves in of being different being unique being special when really no one is unique no Mm -hmm. one is special but that's what we strive to be Mm -hmm. and for them it's like the exact opposite and it was like heart-wrenching to see these people come in speak to the fab five they're like you need to talk about your emotions and blah blah blah, which is great but it's so culturally different oh absolutely and they were like yeah i get it but in japan we can't do this you know and like therapy is seen as a weakness and even they mentioned like in america like everyone sees a therapist it's so open like no one cares but here in japan like it's like you can't deal with your own problems why are you crying like Mm -hmm. stop crying you know what i mean and it was just painful because i'm like damn that is such a lonely place to live in your head like that in one of the episodes it was a couple and they hadn't had sex for five years oh my gosh and he's never told Same. her <laughs> <laughs> he's never told her how he felt inside um because they were like what are you scared of in your marriage and he was just like i feel like because i am the person i am she doesn't want to be with me and she doesn't love me and then she, oh he gosh, was that saying that and she was saying i feel like you think i'm a bad wife because i'm not I don't cook, I don't clean, I'm not good at housework, as if that makes a good wife. And I feel like that's a very mundane conversation, but they want to save face so much so that they don't want their problems or their insecurities to be projected onto someone else, Mm -hmm. that they were holding that in. And after this conversation, the guy just gets up and he's like, I can't talk about this right now, I'm too uncomfortable, because he's not used to doing that. And he got up and he broke down like lost his shit and it was you could tell it's just years and years and years of turmoil and Mm -hmm. it seems like even when i was in japan a couple times i've been everyone is in black white or navy blue like Mm -hmm. no one expresses themselves other than if you're like harajuku and i think the younger generations do express themselves a little bit more but like under like i know what it feels like to like completely become a person that you don't want to be just for the idea of like fitting in sure. and it is so exhausting mm-hmm. and it makes complete sense why the mator- mortality rate of suicide is so high in japan because having been depressed sometimes still being depressed and like having to really like look into myself to find happiness it's a really tough journey and without the help of my like tribe i could not have gotten through that and all mm-hmm. these people didn't have that and I, my heart just goes out for them. I think totally. they were great people and I love Japanese culture, but just to see that was very painful. And again, I wouldn't understand it because I'm not Japanese. Right. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but sure. just empathy, empathy wise, like I was like, damn. But it's like, I thought it was so impactful to watch because I was like, I could resonate with them in such a different way, but like in such a similar way. And it was like, 
I hope that the trajectory that they left them on when the show ended, they continue on that. And I hope that society kind of opens up that way a little bit more because it, it would definitely make living a little bit easier. Okay, so your fruit, your fruit fact, what am I saying? In season, yeah, you know better than me. <laughs> um, so recently I've been reading this book called The Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell. And it's a huge book, but it talks about um, basically why boys need dads um, and why, how this has affected like American society or like Western civilization. Um, and it talks about like all of these statistics attached to boys whose fathers weren't present in their lives between mm-hmm. the ages of one to 18. Um, and all of these different things would I've been, my parents got divorced when I was really young and my father's very, is very present in my life. Um, but I've noticed as I've been reading some of these things that, um, affect like boys whose fathers weren't very present in their lives. Uh, I've noticed some of those things in my life as compared to my older brother who's nine years older than me. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of just opened my eyes to thinking like how, um, like it makes me want to be a better person so that one day I can be a better dad to a child. But how monumental like a father figure can be in someone's lives, especially the life of a young boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just this morning, I don't want to like talk about something so sad, but I was watching the end of a trial about the eight-year-old boy who was like brutally tortured by his mom and his mom's boyfriend. And the young boy's father was already in jail. And so he was present at the hearing just as like a witness. Mm-hmm. And here is the man being convicted of murdering, sentenced to death for murdering an eight-year-old boy. And then the boy's mom, who also tortured him. And I just, like, was so sad. I felt so sad for him. Um, He's obviously not alive anymore, but, like, his father was there and just thinking, like, you know, maybe what a difference this man could have made in Mm -hmm. that young boy's life or just, I don't know. They they were probably Mormon, huh? No. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It was so sad. Remind me, say again, what the book is in the author. Um, Sure. It's called The Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell. It's a huge book. And it can seem kind of daunting and uninteresting, but I promise it's so interesting. It's a good ring. Yeah. Well, good. Totally. I like that in season. I like when they're heartfelt. Oh, it's heartfelt. It just warms my <laughs> little heart. It just makes me realize all the daddy issues that I do have. <laughs> well, um, if you want to follow Brian on Instagram, he's at... Not Brian Clark. Brian Not... with an I. Yeah, the white way. <laughs> the oh, white way to that's spell That's so it. sad. But sure. Not Brian Clark. We're going um, to put your instagram on the bottom of the description so if you guys just want to if you're listening on the apple app literally just scroll upwards uh, or scroll down realistically um it's down at the bottom we'll we'll link it there um but if you guys want to follow the fruit snacks podcast it's at um on instagram it's at fruit snacks pod and you can also again reach us at fruit snacks pod at gmail.com if you have any inquiries after this episode we only have two more episodes before the end of season one which is going to be 52 episodes which is consistently one episode a week this entire year. That's amazing. We're going to go on a little hiatus. But um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. And is there anything you wanted to add, Brian? Um, Thank you for listening. I feel like, first of all, your podcast just talks about so many different things. Like there's something for everyone if you wanted to go on there and find something. Um, and then... <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I hope that... Um, my thoughts were communicated effectively. Yeah. And I really 
do believe that God cares for all of us. And I, (laughs) and I would, I would encourage anyone who's struggling or anyone who um, feels like they're in a difficult time in their life to pray and to ask for guidance. And whether you believe that's going to come from God, from the universe, from your yoga instructor, all of those things, like, look within. I feel like there's power in that. Look within for sure. Because you don't know how strong you have to be when strength is the only option. Absolutely. Well, again, on that note, thank you guys so much. And we will catch you next week on Fruit Snacks. Bye-bye. Catch on the flip side.